welcome to The Near Memo, a weekly conversation about search, social, and commerce. What happened, why it matters, and the implications for local. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to The Near Memo with David, Mike, and me, Greg. And David is back from his fabulous vacation in Ireland. We're excited to have you back. Uh, Can't say I'm excited to be back, to be honest, but... (laughs) No, no, what, no personal offense you, intended. Yeah. Um, this is episode 114, where we talk about search, social, commerce, AI, and anything else that comes into our brains spontaneously in the moment. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about my preliminary reactions. Well, first, we'll be talking about uh, image bugs versus not allowed penalties. Mike's going to go into that. I'm going to talk about my very hot take on the web browsing and plugins for ChatGPT, which I just got access to yesterday. And David's going to be talking about Yelp's integration with Reserve with Google. So Mike, uh, and you have an article on this topic, which we'll be publishing simultaneously with the release of this. Sure. So there's been this ongoing bug amongst many at Google business profiles where images are not allowed. In fact, this week, there's several other interesting bugs where you can't edit posts or delete them using the NMX interface. And there's another product image bug where you can't upload product images. But the not allowed bug is where where businesses are just attempting to upload images to their business. The problem, as David has always said with Google, you never know whether it's a feature or a bug. And this not allowed messaging actually turns out to be both. Uh, Google uses this messaging when, for example, a photo includes a URL or an email address or has more than 10% of text in the image, or the image is highly stylized, or if it's blurry or dark, or the image includes too much skin, God forbid, like a woman's dress clothing, or otherwise doesn't pass mustard with their safe search and it's too racy or too sarcastic or something. Who knows? So this message, not approved, shows up frequently for, and it doesn't ever tell you why it shows up, but apparently, the pipeline that takes this mess, the image from the upload and then does all these various assessments on them is not very stable um, and periodically just stops working from within Google. And, and I, I surmise that because the pipeline for Google Maps as a, for an individual, if you could take these same images, they don't get checked. You can upload a woman with her arms showing it, it doesn't violate some rule and it's very robust. But this one seems to stop working about every three weeks, throwing off these messages and people pile into the forums. And it's, it's just fascinating to me. So, so just to clarify, you can, you can do all the content uploads you want, all the image uploads you want on the Google Maps through, through Google Maps. And it's going to, and they're not going to be similarly delayed or rejected or clarify that mike mostly at least the ones that involve safe search uh around you know like if you're a spa or a gym or woman's clothing a lot of the images you upload get defined as too adult or too racy or something or the other categories are spoofs medical and violence and those images can easily be uploaded as a user via google maps but you have trouble uploading them via the interface. The bigger problem is, you know, and David's pointed this out, is that the interface is just not very robust. And it's like the, the 
Google uses this language for so many things that to know if you've been hit by, hit by the bug, you've got to diagnose five other, six other situations. You've got to test your image against all these other conditions. Um, you know, and so it's a, it's a, it's just a shit show, right? Along with all the other bugs. And I just find it so amazing that this far into this checking of images and running it through this, these safety filters and quality filters and opinion filters, that it's still so non-functional. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I continue to be. Well, it's kind of irresponsible for Google to be, you know, interacting with people with these weak uh, systems. Totally. When so many, I mean, when so many I mean, people are dependent upon Google for their livelihoods, right. et cetera. I mean, what a time waster, right? For a business to go in, do the thing Google wants you to do, which is upload images and not want one, not give them any guidance because the, and the guidance they do give seems to be inaccurate. For example, it says you can't upload images bigger than five megabytes. Well, I upload image I, to test that. I upload images that were 10 megabytes and they uploaded just fine. I uploaded images that were 10,000 pixels on an axis. They uploaded just fine. But the rules say that shouldn't work, but it does work. But all these other things don't work. It's like, give me one single set of instructions. Give me feedback in the interface so I know what's happening. None of that happens. And have fewer bugs. That doesn't seem like a lot to ask. This all presumes that Google is still investing any resources whatsoever in Google business profiles, which is, in my mind, clearly not been the case for about a year and a half. So um, I, to me, it, the system is working as intended uh, as far as Google's concerned. In the well, sense we of don't, it being low cost, you mean, or not requiring a lot of support? Not, not requiring any distraction from uh, Magi or SGE or whatever the horrific branding of their BARD integration is. So, BARD, Magi, SGE, BARD Plus, whatever that whatever is going on. <laughs> let's the, the, let's let's. Did, were you finished, David? I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah, you. I, I I mean, you guys, uh, I'm surprised having been observing Google for as long as as I have, at least in Mike's case, uh, that your expectations aren't radically lower. Like this to me is total par for the course um, based on every signal Google has sent since late 2021. So, well, so, so quick, a quick, quick adjacent digression apropos of the stopped investing in Google business profile. I mean, I just want to flag the issue that we, that I wrote about this week in the newsletter, which is the seeming continued disappearance of the, of the local pack. There's, there's conflicting information about that empirical versus anecdotal, but Joy Hawkins brought up this week that she was seeing, um, she was seeing some reduced traffic or not reduced traffic. She was seeing fewer instances of the local pack itself in certain categories that she was monitoring. Legal is, is an example. And other people have mentioned this. Um, and then I include some data from Rank Ranger uh, and the local SEO guide, which are kind of inconclusive. And, but um, I mean, just real quickly on this, do you guys see uh, Google kind of walking away from the local pack um, or, or showing it less frequently? I mean, we've speculated about the role that the European uh, Digital Markets Act might have, but maybe it's also, a, um, if it's true, maybe it's also kind of a monetization thing because we've seen evidence that when LSAs appear, people gravitate toward those and click on those. And maybe 
we don't have any data on this, but maybe the presence of local tax and LSAs reduces the number of clicks on LSAs. That would be a total conspiracy theory, but there, there's the tinfoil hat coming out. Right. Well, I had someone had to wear it in your absence. That's right. So, Thank you. Uh, yeah. I would say, I in my mind, the likelihood that a an organic result, it, like the, if you you know threw a hundred darts at a wall or whatever, right? The likelihood that an organic result is a good result is much higher than the likelihood that a three pack result is a good result in some of these EEAT categories, which significant legal categories that Joy Hawkins was looking at probably qualify. So. Uh, I think it's potentially an admission from Google that the results are just the organic results are just better in some categories. That's not the case. If you're in coffee shops or restaurants or, you know, touristy things, I think Google Maps and pack results are probably better by and large than an individual website that Google might show or get in a localized organic result. So uh, to me, maybe I think it feels a little bit like Google's, you know, maybe just admitting that, um, the, that the quality of the results are are not as high as they should be in certain categories. Well, we'll have to. I, I would just expand on. I mean, I think David's direction of argument is interesting and totally plausible. Yeah. There is another argument that the tools we're using looked are you measure the result based on previous queries that were developed, and it could be that Google is recalibrating local one because more longer tail queries due to services or products are showing the pack a lot. Or it could be that they are planning for the advent of SGE or whatever the hell it's called at the top of the local local search and trying to make room for it. So there's a number of plausible sort of theories. Who knows, right? And our tools that we use to measure these are retrospective because they're based on queries that used to show packs we, if there's a whole range of new queries that show packs that, we, that aren't in those tools, then we would be missing out on that information. So I don't really know. Well, it'd be very interesting to, to track the, as Steve is suggesting, to sort of look at the EEAT categories and see if if that thesis holds holds up over time. And to reinforce that, lawyers have been targeted by Google in this sort of filtering of reviews, and it's a category rife with fake reviews. So. I mean, it would, that would reinforce David's point. I mean, that and historically, obviously, all of the crazy business title spamming that the, you know, best Orange County personal injury lawyer near me, you know, dash yeah. Irvine has and, been just rampant in the local pack since time immemorial. So and local uh, location spamming with, you know, virtual offices and stuff. I mean, it's really yeah. rampant in the legal space. So it could be yeah. that would reinforce David's point that the local results in that in that sense are not very good. So is ChatGPT going to become a viable alternative to Google for local queries is a question that's, you know, kind of on the minds of many people and certainly something that I've talked a great deal about. And I just got access this week to plugins and uh, web browsing for GPT-4. And just my quick, very, very quick since yesterday, analysis of this is that they they both kind of suck and you know david before we started this uh recording you said well this is mb this is an mvp and you know the implication is it'll get better and better over time which is of course probably true but what i experienced is that they're very slow 
um, they can't be used together right now. So you can't do web browsing and plugins at the same time. And the web browsing piece, especially in a local context, and I have to do a lot more research on this, seems to rely heavily on certain kinds of directories. You know, they've identified certain directories that they think are going to be sources of data, I guess, in different categories. And they're feeding results from those directories. And the process by which they're doing, I don't, I don't know enough technically about what's going on to really explain it, but they're, they're in the background, they're clicking on results. I don't know whether they're crawling Google or whether they've got their own, you know, what, what the mechanism is, but the, 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 the messages on screen seem to suggest that they're going back and forth into different sites and then retrieving results from those sites, imitating what a user might do. <clears throat> so, uh, it's very substandard right now and not a threat to Google in any way whatsoever. Um, and again, it probably will get better, but, but this is, this is a, to me, it's a disappointment because I mm -hmm. like the simplicity of the UI and, uh, was hopeful that this would be kind of a viable alternative. Now we'll wait and see what happens with Bard, uh, as Bard brings maps and the knowledge graph and, you know, sort of better web search. As Google brings those things to Bard, you know how how it compares. But right now, Bard is not a great local search tool either. So maybe Google's <laughs> position is safe, which would be um, sort of disappointing if that was true. But um, I mean, we talked about this last week, though, that Google is making clear distinction between SGE as a search supplement yeah. and Bard as a sort of hallucinogenic hallucinatory <laughs> AI tool that they really want to be cautious about and they're going to roll it into their application environment rather than into general search. Right. They, they, they're they trying to preserve the distinction between search and this generative AI tool that can help you do other things that you typically wouldn't do in search. Right. Exactly. And I think that that, I think they're sincere about that. And I think that what they said about it is what's the case. And that document, I should review the PDF, the 19 pages about what is SGE, you know, it's, it's supplements search results on questions where there isn't a right answer. You know, it's not. Uh, How it's many not questions a, have a right answer anyway, other well, than who yeah, won we, the game? We, certainly that's a huge existential argument. And <laughs> we need my son. The well, who won, who won the Steven game? <laughs> Oh, but what, is, what does winning mean? Greg, what's your definition of win? Score is higher than other score. <laughs> right. The, nu so. the Nuggets beat the Lakers the other night. That's right. Uh, I would say, uh, Greg, to your point about, you know, it being a disappointing experience, I, you know, the MVP philosophy is sort of embedded in Silicon Valley. But I would say that one of the reasons that ChatGPT uh, has done so well at capturing potential market share, certainly mind share of society, is that it was so much more than an MVP. It was, a, as Rand yep. Fishkin likes to call it, an exceptional viable product uh, right. right out of the gate. And, you know, we've I think we've talked about this in earlier near memos, uh, the, the failure of Apple Maps to deliver on that has has even is even still hindering the adoption right. of Apple Maps because people have certainly the reputation of Apple Maps, a, a terrible experience with it in the first go round. And so I think people, you know, maybe ChatGPT has earned some, you know, retrial uh, frequency based on the amazingness of that first experience. But I think they do risk, um, you know, permanently turning people off with substandard 
plugin integrations and that sort of thing. So, uh, and generally speaking, as you know, I'm very bullish on Google's long-term uh, standing in the space. And I don't necessarily, I mean, I think we may see death by a thousand nicks from various uh, instances of generative AI as a search enhancer or what have you, but I don't see chat GPT bleeding meaningful market share from Google. Um, so I certainly even less so based on the experience that you're reporting this week. Right. Well, I think, I think that's right. I, I, you know, in my own experience, as I've said a bunch of times before, I'm using Google less today than I have just without really consciously intending to do so. Like I'm going to use Google less. It's just, it's happened that way. I use Bard and Perplexity and Neva and Bing and ChatGPT for things that I might have all only gone to Google for. But I agree that Google's position seems to be pretty secure, uh, given what we're seeing right now. Um, I mean, you know, what, what's kind of interesting to me, and this is another digression that we don't have a lot of time for before we get to your item, David, uh, there was an interesting power review survey that talked about how, and I wrote about this also, how uh, people are more wary of fake reviews now across the internet. They they focused on the retail vertical. They didn't look at local per se, but what they found was Amazon was the site that caused people the most concern and 84% of the respondents, and this was 13,000 US adults, 84% of respondents saw Amazon as the site with the most uh most problematic in terms of fake reviews. So by far, Amazon was the place that they knew that they were going to encounter fake reviews. And to me, this is very interesting because it illustrates a kind of gap between trust and compulsion to use, right? So we're in a situation where people's behavior may not look that deviant from past norms. Facebook is another example of this. Uh, lots of people still using the product but people don't trust it. They're not as invested in it as they once were. And so I think that's a very interesting thing. And we may see something like that happen over at Google a little bit, um, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what, what occurs. But let's move on to uh, Yelp and their integration with Toast and Reserve with Google, which was kind of an interesting announcement this week. And you yeah, obviously have a skeptical take on it. I, I don't know if it's skeptical, but uh, I was just surprised with a couple of the sort of data points in the announcement. Um, so the the integration with Reserve with Google, you know, obviously I think has probably become sort of table stakes in this space uh, that Yelp is competing in where Google Maps still is a very dominant both discovery and recovery engine when you're looking for food um food options in your area. And so the ability to actually check out on Google or make a reservation on Google directly, as opposed to having to go to a website um, is, is sort of just, like I said, table stakes for, for Yelp to be able to compete with any other sort of reservations type service. Um, and so I think that that's uh, still, you know, certainly Yelp is fighting the good fight on the lobbying front, uh, you know, trying to get Google regulated and all these things. But at the same time, if they're going to, if this part of their business is going to survive, they sort of had to integrate uh, with Google, which may in some perverse way, give them another arrow of ammunition <laughs> in their antitrust uh, right, argument. For sure. Yep. But of all the people to engage in front of me, Yelp is the last one you would think of in the That's FR right. category, right? Yeah. That's right. Well, they're, they pr they're being so, pragmatic. 
they've so vociferously avoided Google and objected to Google and not participated with Google and not allowed Google to do whatever with their results. And it's just interesting to see how far the mighty have fallen. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's it's the difference between like a philosophical objection for ethical reasons or whatever we want to call it and pragmatism, which is they want to get distribution for their clients. But and, you mentioned the numbers, David. Well, yeah, I was going to say there, me in the green there are a couple of numbers that I did want to highlight. The first was that, um, Greg, you mentioned this, that uh, advertising is still 95% of Yelp's revenues, uh, despite, I think, this by all accounts is a is a good product, the, the wait list and reserve uh, com- components of their SaaS offering. So they're trying to pivot away from... Um, a, an eyeball, sure. an eyeball dependent uh, product offering like advertising, uh, and in large respects, have have succeeded on the product front. Um, but it's still like a really, really small piece of their their overall revenue. And you also mentioned in the in the little blurb in the newsletter that that they've only got I, I'm adding the word only that they've only got eleven thousand restaurants uh, participating in I guess guest manager is the name of. of this product, right. which strikes me as a really, really small number for a company with Yelp's distribution and uh, and brand recognition, the- theoretical sure. mindshare, exactly theoretical mindshare among restaurateurs. Um, they they put together a table comparing themselves to Open Table and uh, Resi and Talk, and I just I just did a couple of very quick Google searches. I mean, Talk has been around for maybe a third the amount of time that Yelp has, uh, and already has seven thousand customers. So, like, you know. Close close to seventy five percent of Yelp's uh, customer count in a much much smaller window, and I think it probably speaks to the fact that Talk was, you know, was started by a restaurateur and has a much just there's just a lot more positive customer sentiment around Talk among restaurateurs than there is Yelp. It's just their reputation has continued to dog them, even with a, what I'm saying is a reasonably good product um, that they they just can't break through. I think with with a huge segment of their market. Um, and so I don't know if there's anything at this point, I don't know if there's anything you can do to change that, but just struck me that, you know, those two numbers in combination that uh, tools like Guest Manager are only 5% of revenue and that they only have 11,000 customers on it. Is, well, they're pretty it small. may be less, it may be less than 5% because they've got other products that people right. are paying for that aren't ads. Yeah. But, but you know, sort of in to, to defend Yelp a little bit, Guest Manager, uh, has has not been around as long as Yelp has. I mean, I you know it would be appropriate to sort of compare like the with the talk comparison. How long has Guest Manager been around versus? Um, but Yelp does have the advantage of this history and its brand and all of that. Um, the other the other point I would make is that Yelp has managed to continue to grow revenues, although it's it's a it's pricing based. It's it's CPC increases rather than advertiser. Uh, they've had some advertiser growth, but it's it's not commensurate with the 13, 13% growth that they... You noted it was up 1.5% year over year, which right. is uh, not exactly right. hockey stick, so... Right, and, and, and but I mean, I don't remember what Google's... You know, Google's a much, 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 much larger company. I don't remember what their last quarterly numbers were. They were less than 13%, certainly, uh, in terms of its revenue growth, I believe. So, you know, Yelp is kind of clawing out some positive uh information for shareholders but it's you know it's 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 lack of uh, organic user growth is very problematic for the company's long-term 
surmount look, I think. I was watching TV the other night and I think it was an Apple TV show about the last thing he told me it was. And the, the, the stepmother was looking for a Yelp restaurant and the daughter said something like, you still use Yelp? Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, that was in right. the movie. So it's yeah. like, ah. right. Right. So that's, that's like the, you know, as opposed to what TikTok or some social media, right. Like right. something. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, al it's almost in danger of becoming the Yahoo of the 2020s. <laughs> well, or, or right, or the Yellow Pages or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just started on, on Peacock. I resubscribed to Peacock to watch a couple of shows, one of which is the Mrs. Davis show, which is about AI, which is just a completely wacky show, but um, it's worth watching as long as we're recommending TV shows. <laughs> I wasn't recommending this show, by the way. I just thought it was fascinating that that Yelp has made it into the popular culture as a age as an example know. of something from the past. As, right, exactly. Yeah, as an as a as a old person's tool, which right. which which Facebook is in that category now, you know. By the way, so another final recommendation before we sign off for the week uh, on Apple TV, Drops of God is a very good show, which is about wine. And families. So I like that quite a bit. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be, we'll be back next time with more TV show recommendations. We're, we're pivoting to television <laughs> recommendations, television and movies. I watched the Dungeons and Dragons movie. That was very, very entertaining as well. So the first episodes of Silo on Apple TV were excellent, actually. Yeah. I haven't watched that yet, but I'm, no, that's no. on my list. So all right, then we'll see you next time. And I think we will have an interim episode with, Darby Sieben, who is the chief product officer of Unbounce, and we had a conversation with him the other day about AI and how that's playing into their product development and the broader implications for the market. So look for that and look for Mike's article about image not allowed and the weirdness of bug versus feature or both that is coming out uh, in the next day or two. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining David, Mike, and Greg. To stay on top of the latest developments in local, subscribe to our newsletter at nearmedia.co. We'll see you next week.